Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to go into um, our staff meeting and a little Zinzendorf I want to share with you. <laughs> and I was, I was struck by a writing this week and um, asking the Lord if he wanted me to share it or not because I was deliberating and then Karen began to sing Isaiah 53 which was kind of the story <laughs> and I'm like okay I guess I'm supposed to share it <laughs> since she was singing the exact message basically um, so Lord we just come before you this morning God we lay our hearts bare God we are so barren Lord, apart from you, we have nothing. Zero. God, we bring our willing zero, God, to match with your 100% towards us. We bring our willing yes, and you say yes, that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm asking for. Nothing more. Give me your 100% willing zero. We have nothing to bring to the equation. All we can give you is our misery. We give you our misery and you give us your glory. It's quite an exchange. Who could understand the ways of God? So Lord, we lay our hearts bare before you. And we ask you, God, that you would begin to unveil the mystery to our hearts so that we can be in awe and in wonder all the days of our lives. God, I pray that this room would be a room of encounter. Yeah. When people come in this room, they would encounter you, Lord. Yes. They would give you their misery, and you would give them your glory. Yes. Let this be a room for the great exchange, Lord. This is what you died for. This is what brings you great pleasure, is when souls come and give you all their misery and lay, they lay it down at your feet, at the foot of the cross, and you say, yes, that's why I died. Thank you for giving me all of your misery. That's why I died, because now I can give you my glory. I can clothe you with my garment. I can give you these white garments that last for all eternity. I can give you my holiness because you've come to me with your emptiness. I can put a pure heart in you because you've given me your dirty heart. Thank you, God, for the great exchange. By faith, yes. this happens. Not by any works that we do, but by faith. We say, God, take my misery. I put it at the foot of the cross. And by faith, you take it and you give us your holiness your righteousness, 
your glory, your purity, your kindness, your beauty. <coughs> Give us yourself. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to read a little bit out of Zinzendor. Um, he's talking about uh, why the Creator uh, in His loving kindness is invisible to us and why our the eternal blessedness, heaven and glory, and the Creator Himself, why all this is invisible to us. He says, someday when He shall become visible, we may be assured that no natural man will be able to love Him. As He described in Isaiah 53, no man would desire Him. Why? Because the Creator absolutely refuses to be loved for any other reason than because one does love, because one is so inclined to him, because one is so astonishingly delighted with him, because his intrinsic worth gives him preference over all other things that can be named, because his grace and mercies, his merits and infinite faithfulness, which he has shown to us, do not make him better, but rather make us better. And he always remains the only man worthy of our love, the only good, the only tender, the only faithful man, worthy of all devotion in time and eternity. Now in order that souls may not be inclined to be led into loving him with an insidious and designing heart because of his miracles, his glory, and his benefits. He, therefore, is invisible. Therefore, he does not bestow his benefits so richly upon some. Therefore, he suffers so many people to be poor. Therefore, he suffers many things to go contrary to the wishes of men. He suffers people to be sick who would like to be well. To those who would like to live a life of ease, he permits a life of troubles. In matters of faith, he lets them remain in a sort of babble, in a kind of uncertainty with regards to opinions. He suffers so amazingly many dubious ideas to gain the upper hand among men. All this he does so that all human means which would induce one to love him for subsidiary aims may be entirely cut off, so that every person who comes to love him nevertheless can allege nothing else than this. Once he gave me a kiss of peace, and immediately I could not, I would not live any more without him. Nothing delights and satisfies me except him. All other things are but trifles to me. He, is, he who is to be blessedly happy must be able to say, when it pleased him to reveal himself to my heart, I liked it immediately. I deliberated no longer, for he pleased my heart, and we became one. And I'm just going to read the last paragraph in this chapter, which kind of sums it up. The Apostle Paul speaks of it this way. The word in faith 
blend with one another, pull toward each other like two sparks of fire, like two flames. The word goes out of the teacher's mouth, and love, desire, longing, and faith come from out of the hearer's heart, and these things become one. The Father holds his hand over this. This, is, this the Holy Spirit embraces. Then in that very moment, the bleeding husband forms himself in the innermost part of the soul. Then the heart stands full of Jesus, full of his wounds and his sores, full of the merits of the Lamb. Then the Redeemer extends himself over the heart and body as Elisha did over the boy in 2 Kings 4, 34. And his agonizing sweat bedews our body and soul. Then the soul is set for time and eternity. Blessed is the man who has an upright heart. All sins are forgiven him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you desire lovers. That's it. Just lovers. You don't want to be loved for what you will do for us, but for how beautiful heaven will be for us. You just want the exchange of love. Lord, I pray that we can carry this around in our hearts, Lord, with frequent <coughs> arrows of prayer going to you, Lord. I love yous <laughs> throughout our day. Lord, that we can carry you before us, our bleeding husband. And we can frequently say, I love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I love you just because of who you are. You are worthy of love. You're worthy of all of my attention, all of my affection, everything. You're worthy of a life laid down in love. God, let us carry you around in our hearts in this way, Lord. Let this be our prayer, Lord, our chief prayer. For others around us, Lord, that they would receive you in this way. Not for what you can do for them, but for who you are your worthiness, your glory. Thank you for remaining invisible and letting our misery overtake us until we come to you. This is why you suffer this. You don't like to see people in misery, but you love them so much you want them to come to you. Our misery is like that corn maze get to the dead end and we're so miserable 
because we can't find our way out. But in that place of the dead end, the Lord is drawing every soul and saying, cry out right there. Cry out and I will help you find the way. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift out uh, people who are burdens on our hearts right now, those we're praying for. God, those that we are seeing at a dead end, God, in the corn maze, and we're thankful, God, that they are in the dead end. For it's in the dead end of their misery that they can have the ability to cry out and faith is birthed. For to cry out, they must have some measure of faith. God, I pray for even the atheists, Lord, even the ones who are, have rejected you, even the ones who are mad at you, whatever they think they have reason to be mad. God, I pray that in their misery, Lord, in the dead end of their misery, they would cry out to you and that cry of faith would save their soul. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. God, and suddenly they will find themselves in faith, whereas a moment before they had none. Ask you, God, for these souls who are in great misery, yes, who are in a dead yes, end, Abba. who can't find their way. It's dark. It's so yes, dark. Lord. Doing the corn maze at night, it's so dark. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just pray for these souls, Lord, who are miserable. Some of them, I see them doing uh, a circle. Jesus. And they keep hitting the dead end yeah. over and over. They're not even going to a completely different dead end. They're actually just twirling in a circle in one dead end. Around and around and around. God, I pray for these who are in a seemingly endless spiral of a dead end. God, that you would stop them. That suddenly they would cry out yes. and find themselves in faith and be led out by your hand be led out to the to the way, the path of life yes. that actually brings them out of the corn maze and into a glorious new beginning. Yes. God, we ask you for these souls, Lord. Yes. Have mercy on these souls, Lord. Yes. Have mercy on these souls. leads to repentance, Lord. We pray for your kindness to be poured out on them, that you would give them the ability to cry out in the faith of a mustard seed, Lord, for help to you. A true cry, or you will never, ever reject the prayer in distress. It's infallible. You will never reject that prayer. All who call upon the name of the Lord in distress will be saved. Yes. Like the thief on the cross, Lord. Thank you. Faithful. Thank you, Lord. Faithful. 